When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bald Move Prestige podcast. Tonight we're talking about the all-new Oppenheimer film by Christopher Nolan. Uh, it stars everybody that you know from Hollywood. And uh, boy, it, there's a lot of talk about how Hollywood's on tough times. Uh, studios just just not sure where they're going to find money. Really just turning their pockets out. Like we're, oh, we're, we're starving, starving out here in the valley. Uh... And I think one of the huge problems they're facing right now is there's no room in their parking lots. I go to this theater. Uh, I haven't seen this parking lot so jammed full that, that no additional people could get into it. Uh, that's like going to be a huge problem going forward for Hollywood if they continue they're... to release these monster hits that are going to make billions of dollars for them in the form of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah, their hallways are a little cramped too, I think. They could stand to be widened. Yeah. And I think yeah. the guys that signed the checks, I think they're most to credit for these artistic achievements so sure know, sure the, the, just, just just they should keep all that money for themselves and i'm sure we'll continue to get movies of this caliber uh i had a great time this is a fascinating film this is a terrifying film on mm. i think three different levels <laughs> yeah. um and i was i was expecting one and a half of them of course w- what what did do you do you, well yeah what did you think of this this whole deal yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, it's it's terrifying from the obvious, right? Like, oh, they they made a huge bomb that could threaten the planet. That's terrifying. Uh, this movie is a lot about, as you would expect, the morality of that, um, the morality of how we use that sort of in the aftermath of its creation, uh, both both the immediate aftermath and then everything that follows. Uh, but there's also a lot of stuff that surprised me about it. I guess I, I'm not crazy familiar with Oppenheimer's life, but either before or after he created the bomb, uh, with his team. I think it's important to remember he had a massive team working with him. You know, you put all this on Oppenheimer and I think the movie has a statement about that, uh, buried within, but yeah, it's, it is terrifying. It's a reminder of the terrifying reality we live in. Cause we, it's not like, it's not like this movie is pointing out something that we don't intellectually know and understand mm-hmm. uh, every day of our lives. We just don't think about it. We just yeah. kind of ignore it. And it seems like a good time to kind of like, you know, Oppenheimer is obviously the subject of the film, but there's um, a lot about those times that are applicable to our, our times. Um, the mm-hmm. idea that like, you know, we've spent the last generation or so not worrying so much about nuclear weapons. Suddenly, You've got tensions between the the quote unquote superpowers again, and then like oh my, we're talking about red lines that can't be crossed or loops are going to fly, and it gets you know that's, that's people are kind of scary again. Threats and yeah, the kind of like you know uh, feels like creeping tide of anti-Semitism, um, and th- th- there's just just a ton of stuff that I thought was uh, really kind of like uh, relatable. Um, and it felt, it felt like a, a great time to make this movie. Uh, the the it's, movie's about truth also, right? 
um, as much as it is about morality. It's about security as well. Um, I think it's all, all three. That's that's the trinity, if you will, of this movie: truth, security, and morality. Yeah, I felt like I'm I'm, I'm very curious to see what people the 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 discourse that sparked by this movie because i honestly i i don't have um like if if someone would write a definitive piece that said the oppenheimer and truman and everybody were the just the worst uh terrible uh, from ethical morality standpoint and their actions are in in uh full judge of history reprehensible i that i would be that'd be a valuable conclusion you know it's because the whole point of like looking at history is to see how to do it better the next time. If mm-hmm. you know uh, the historians fight and argue it out, and it turns out uh, it's more of the opposite conclusion, like I that that would also be fine too, you know, because that's that's good to know. But this film about Oppenheimer himself, it felt like he's a very, I, I it's a cliche to say he's conflicted, um, because he's I don't he's he's likable but also very hard to like. There's a couple mm. things like in this movie where he does things that are kind of like borderline unforgivable, but he's also like, can you imagine being in, in that, that position and, and knowing if you are not in that position, yeah. someone else inevitably will. And what if they're worse at the and job that's than the thing, you? Right. That, that, that's the thing. I have the luxury, I guess, of not being intelligent enough to ever be considered for a job like this. <laughs> Not, right. not being studious or ambitious enough to ever be considered. And so I don't have yeah. to grapple with that personally, but he did. He did. Yeah, this film is just so like meticulous. Like sometimes I would sit there and just look at how period piece it was, not just in like the props and, and the, the buildings and the clothing, but like even like the way it was filmed in the film stock and the lighting, it just felt like very cohesive you know, forties and fifties and, and, and sixties and how he used the changing periods to like firmly grow. You know, you knew just by looking at the way the shot was composited, whether it's black and white or not. And the, the, the actor's clothing and makeup exactly in a point in time, uh, that you are at in Oppenheimer's life. Cause this movie is very almost memento and that is telling mm-hmm. stories going forward and backwards and, uh, catching up to it, itself at, at different points in, at time, and I never felt lost. And yeah, the time was spinning around to like the most interesting or, or um, uh, interesting new piece of the puzzle or a revelation about the the man's life. Um, and yeah, the movies it, it, it does weave a bit of a tapestry from pieces that you know are. <laughs> all related but it's not exactly clear how they're related in any given moment um until you start to see them come together and i think i i I need to see this movie again to say that i truly understand what it's trying to do for sure a lot Um, yeah a couple of times (laughs) probably so uh but i think i get the gist of it and i was very impressed with this movie from a filmmaking standpoint like you said with all those different pieces coming together i think it's about as close to like a kubrick film it's very nolan i mean it is very very nolan i mean it, he uses black and white in certain eras and he uses color in other eras and they almost come together in a tenant like way kind of in the middle mm-hmm. yeah uh, at, at one point um and i think that's super interesting so it's very nolan but it's very kubrick in its examination that's, of the subject 
I almost put in my notes Kubrickian, but I went mm-hmm. with uh, meticulous because I thought like oh, I got Kubrick. Yeah. That's that's going to be it's pretty high. I'm praise, glad you. But... I'm, I'm glad you went to it too much because I th- I think yeah that's what I was thinking too. This felt like mm-hmm. it, it kind of as I was watching it a couple times. I'm like man, how do you even sequence all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you know that like all these different shots and and it's like these like v- incredible visual and sonic montages and there's this one point. Or there, uh, there's a Geiger counter, like a synth Geiger, Geiger counter that's kind of slowly building up under the scene to add so much tension to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they like I was expecting some like a, so the sexier, juicier details from some of the stuff that went out at Los Alamos to be depicted. Um, not not really. Um, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil people. I know that there's a lot of people just want to know if this is good. And I'd say this is a. I was not a big fan of Tenet, but yeah, I'm yeah. glad that Nolan has not completely abandoned the slippery kind of timey wimey stuff um, because it it really played. Uh, and it it's really not f- a movie that's trying to to confuse you and trick you until it makes this big reveal at the end. What it's trying to do is piece together a the puzzle of the man enough that you can understand him through the lens of his life in all different eras. Yeah, I I do think that I'll be talk it'll be interesting to talk about this in the spoiler section, but one thing that I'd like to explore is the um, I thought that they had a slippery way of depicting some of the history where it's like you would see something from one point of view and then from another point of view to be different and there's a little bit of like Oh, is the totem going to fall over? But also the movie, like I think Inception did, puts its thumb heavily on one side of those interpretations. So mm. sometimes I, I, I don't know. It's there's, and that's the other thing is like I, the the thing I came away walking out of this movie is I probably need to study this stuff a lot more. Um, sure, because. I the, the I the, there's a lot of things like I remember how I felt after I first saw the movie JFK and I'm like oh my god the wool's been pulled over my eyes okay and then the more I read about that the more I'm like oh this is a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. um but man there is a there's a there's a couple narratives that really flatter my worldview in in this film that uh I don't know it seems like it jives with what I what I know of history and and uh but then also there's like what what do you do what does a man like Oppenheimer deserve sure and is anything we can say now going to be worth a damn like what will people say 500 years from now and will earth be a thriving mm-hmm. utopia or will it be a irradiated wasteland uh it, that's that's probably going to be and, a, it, and is he to blame you know and, and, and are the 4000 scientists who work with him to blame uh, and is it is it even is it even valuable to blame someone because ultimately whether we live in the utopia or irradiated wasteland is it's up to us it's our fault right Oppenheimer did the thing he did we live in the world we live in how do we proceed forward and I think both paths are still still available to us uh, so it's 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 still like you can you can tut 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 on Truman on Oppenheimer all you want but at the end of the day it is on us to fix the problems that we have now and to continue to keep the lid on this nuclear bullshit um mm. but yeah. uh and 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 resist the the I don't know the the going through a re- repeat of any kind of crazy hmm. yeah anyway I don't like I said I, I don't I'm almost getting into spoiler territory um 
Uh-huh. What do you think of the bomb effects? Uh, they're very artistically done. I I thought they were used to great effect. It wasn't just for spectacle. It was for impact on all the characters involved um, and the audience. Yeah, it's like like awesome mm-hmm. in 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 the biblical sense. Mm-hmm. As I said, so a lot of the scenes, like I'm I'm trying to think of like being the first human beings to watch an atomic bomb explosion in this con- insane conditions that they were doing them in those days where they're just looking, looking at the shit through uh, a mm-hmm. piece of welding glass and, 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 and all this. And I'm like, what it must, it must, it, it, it must have been this crazy fucking awesome experience. Um, sure. And then like, you'd see the, and like, I thought it was interesting that like, yes, but there's also, they kind of showed the gamut of human emotions. You know, I, I feel like this. Uh, it, it'd be hard to find a, a an argument that I've heard about the whole situation, the whole atomic bomb, and and I, it, it'd be hard to think of an argument that this film didn't advance and take seriously. Yeah, it it does certainly discuss the issue from all angles. I think so. Um, because because it's it's warranted. I think it's not something that's as as black and white as right or wrong. Can we talk about the performances? Sure. Uh, who's the one that stands out the most in your mind? Because I've on. got one. I mean, Oppenheimer. It's silly. Killian Murphy, right? Interesting, because like Killian might have been so good, he's too good. He disappears in the role <laughs> so much, and Oppenheimer is uh-huh. such a button-down guy. That Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he's great as uh, the Lewis, uh, the, the the main Strauss. The, the Strauss antagonist of this movie, uh, protagonist, uh, sideways agonist. I don't know. He is just so fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everyone is really good, but Robert Downey Jr. is just using every bit of his like wit and charm and skill into. Uh, making this guy just such an interesting like I said I, I, I'm wondering how much stuff was like made up for Hollywood because boy that that uh, they had some they had some really really excellent scenes between him and uh, Killian yeah indeed uh, uh, I, I think the the guy who I, I think his name was Bob he's a uh, let's say a prosecuting a uh, member of some panel uh, in this movie. He's doing a very good job because I hate him very much. <laughs> yeah, that guy's the Roger Rop, I think was his name. It, that sounds right. Yeah. I would like to know more about this guy because, oh my God, there's a certain scene where he pulls up a chair mm-hmm. where you'll want to like take your belt off and strangle him. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Such a great villain. Uh, there is yeah there's some frustrating hard to watch uh, scenes of, of uh, railroads being constructed uh, I'll say uh-huh. um, man this uh, what else do we want to talk about other than uh, I it seems like Oppenheimer and Barbie are going to make just an, in, an enormous pile of money uh, yeah. I think Oppenheimer will have legs I think Oppenheimer is going to win it like be eligible for nominated for a ton of awards Mm-hmm. Um and if if Barbie's is 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 as good in a different kind of you know uh it has legs too like oh my god the amount of tickets they're selling 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Not since Top Gun Maverick have we seen such a bounty. Yeah. Even I wonder then, if they could have a double, like, like they could do a double Maverick. Uh-huh. Maverick and an Avatar together. Hmm. Yeah. It was really fun. I don't know if we've talked about this uh, in, in the pre-show or on the podcast yet, but, like, it was really fun seeing all the families like the moms and their girls and like uh, uh, groups of girlfriends of all different ages and they have like various stages of Barbie cosplay and like pink and t-shirts and mm-hmm. uh, and and they're you know we were having dinner before we went to see Oppenheimer and there was a bunch of Barbie parties you know at the bar pre-gaming it's really cute uh, I can't wait I can't fucking wait to see it um, what else what else we want to talk about non-spoilery it's probably it just the trailers all right. Uh, I feel like it. It might be worth people's five dollars tonight to get the the the. It might if you want to hear our opinions on the club edition, the premium yeah. edition, the spoiler edition. Because like I, I feel like there's there's going to be a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about upcoming movies. Uh, first, I, I don't think we talked about our uh, Q3 or late summer um, fall schedule. Uh, we're essentially nothing's coming out in August that we want to see, except for like maybe the Meg two. But there's some scheduling issues, so we're just not going to do movies in August. Uh, it's kind of like it's the dog days. But September, we're coming roaring back. We're doing Expendables 4. Expend Forble. Uh, that's uh, September 22nd. Then September 29th, we're doing The Creator, which uh, blew me away. The trailer is really intriguing mm-hmm. sci-fi concept. It's directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, you know, he did the Vault of the Born series and... Uh, Rogue One. Uh, then on October 20th, we'll be seeing Scorsese's latest Killers of the Flower Moon, which I am really excited by that. I don't know how we'll talk about an almost four hour movie, but. Oh my God. But, but we'll find a way. Marty, Marty, baby, you got to shorten <laughs> it up. You got to get it tight. Man. I think we'll be able to watch in the comfort of our homes, though, if we so choose. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Oh, really? Is it a Netflix thing? No, it's not. Is it Netflix or is it? It's some. It's some kind of streaming know. service. Um. Then uh, in uh, November, well, if that's not enough, November third, Dune two. We'll mm. finally see if Jim likes Dune because he rated it. The the he rated the series as incomplete. Yep. So can't wait to see uh, what my buddy here thinks about that. That's the movies you got look to look forward to in the first run bald movies. Uh, in the next couple of months. Now talk about the trailers. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Uh, we saw the Expendables 4. We've talked about this. Um, yep, same I'm gonna, trailer. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this, but I'm probably going to wait till it comes out on streaming. Because I need, I need to see Expendables 3. Really? Because we just said we were going to cover it as a first run. <laughs> wait. Oh shit! Did oh I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so fucking confused because we just we just uh, we just committed to our schedule right before we record, recorded this. So yeah. yes, Jim's correct. I am going to see it in the theater. Uh, okay. But I but we need to see Expendables three first. Apparently, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like a lot of continuity that you need to know. <laughs> you need to know which badasses show up when, right? Well, maybe someone died. Did you think of that? Oh, you're right. Sylvester Stallone uh, die. There, there might be, there might be some complicated backstory. Not, not, mm-hmm. not, not, not a Dolph might, Dolph might die. 
Dolph I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Dolph uh, dying past him. Uh, Marvels. We've talked about Marvels before. This is the one we're gonna kind of take a break on yeah. the satellite Marvel properties until we hear that a they're like just all bangers or b uh, there's a big another big one that we're excited for. I don't even know what the next Marvel thing that I'm actually excited for on the horizon. Right? I haven't heard uh, of anything. I guess Loki. I'm still on for Loki. Yeah, it's a TV thing. So, um, Killers of the Flower Moon. We already talked about how excited we we're on that. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke. It's like, yeah, we're gonna wait till it comes out on streaming. But actually, it comes out on streaming. <laughs> I think the same day it come out in the theater. Uh-huh. I guess if it comes out in theater first, but I, I think it's si- simultaneous. They're just doing a theater release so it can qualify for an Oscar. They did that with Scorsese's last movie, right? The Irishman was out in theaters and Netflix. Same <sighs> I, day. See, that was where that was one of the movies was pushing the limit. I don't remember whether like he had to book like a minimum of 500 screens at that time or whether he just did one. Mm. There's because I remember there, there was a whole bunch of some kind of back and forth and debate about all that. That and Roma, uh, those were like controversial. Roma was another life. one, yeah. Um, a Haunting in Venice, the new Hercule Perot Agatha Christie film. Uh, I definitely want to see this, but this is one that I did, we didn't promise we we're going to do this one, right? No, we did not. No, this one though, I might talk about on OTC because I do. I know you weren't a big fan of the the Nile one. Yeah, not really. I enjoyed all of them. I didn't have a problem with Gal Gadot's performance. I didn't either, or Marco Robbie, or any of the performances. It just, yeah, the story. I thought it was kind of a bad movie. It was too, way too of, predictable, too. Let, let me ask you this. What do you think about this? Because this seems like a Scooby-Doo episode at, at best, which that could be pretty good. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more spooky, spooky spook going on in this movie than I was expecting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of James Wan type stuff. I, I almost thought it was like an Annabelle or something that they were showing me. Uh but yeah it's weird for a Poirot movie right I expect him to be pretty grounded pretty yeah I mean yeah, it's a mystery a he can solve not a ghost story so right like he's 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 solving crimes not exercising exorcising yeah um speaking of know. exercising how about the exorcist believer yeah looks to bring creepy. in what's Ellen Burstyn is that her name but I don't know it's like uh, when you have a triple possession, you want to bring on the top name in exercising. The ghost, the mom of the one girl who got possessed fifty years mm-hmm. ago. Like, yeah. I'm like, maybe the father, uh, but he got blown out the wind. I, yeah, I, I don't know. This seems like I haven't kept up with the Exorcist series. Me either. This seems hella lame. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm. Ah, these ghost stories, man. There's so many of them is the problem. I want something interesting and new and exciting and horror, not another demonic possession. I do find demonic possession scary. This movie did look scary, but like it's I, I it's one of those things where it's like, will it be stupid? Because mm-hmm. um, like those demon type uh, possession type poltergeist type movies are directly are as effective as as they are like actually scary and believable, you mm. know, um, when they get like super fucking crazy, it just, okay. That's yeah. No, I don't think <laughs> I think demons have better things to do. Um, Meg too. We got together a couple weekends back and, uh, had a little party and watched the Meg. 
And I found that because what prompted this is uh, I saw the Meg 2 trailer and I'm like, you know, this kind of looks fun. So I, I did a Twitter poll. I asked my Twitter audience and said, hey, the Meg 2, would you describe the Meg if you've seen it as uh, surprisingly good, uh, um, batshit crazy, or like a crime against humanity? And it was a perfect bell curve. Like it was like 25% said it's better than you expect. Uh, 50% of people said, you know, it's batshit crazy. And then 25% of people says it's a crime against humanity. And the best response was, it's strangely a blend of all three. And that's that's what you got with the Meg. The Meg 2 looks like it's bigger and dumber. Mm-hmm. It's the idea. Do you want to see the Meg 2? Yeah. It'll probably be fun to talk about. <laughs> Um, I think it looks like what if Sharknado, but mm. made with actors that still have juice in the tank and yeah. budget that has a couple extra zeros at the end of it. Yeah, I have to imagine the Meg did pretty well for them to do another. Yeah, or maybe they're just like the special effects budgets uh, with the way they squeeze the artists. They're just so cheap that. Uh... No, I, I, I yeah. How, you know what? We can find this information out. I bet. We'll find this information out before we finish discussing this trailers. It'd be interesting to know how much money the Meg movie made. Uh, finally, we got Holdovers. This is a day one watch for me. So it's Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. and these mad men and women cut a trailer that looks like it's from a movie from this 1970s. And I assume that's what the movie's going to look like. It has to. It'd be yeah, totally false advertising otherwise. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Uh, this Paul Giamatti looks like pretty good Paul Giamatti. He's he's playing... <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's made by the guy who made means. Sideways. So yeah, well, yeah. that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's good Paul Giamatti. It's how you want to see the man. Uh, yeah, I'm in. It looks like it's going to have some kind of heartfelt, uh, sappy ending. I'm all for that. This is a win-win kind of thing, right? Yeah, if they can find like a bittersweet, because and uh, I don't know when this is coming out. I presume around Christmas time, because the hook is sometime in the 1970s or maybe early 80s. Paul Giamatti is uh, some kind of adjunct at some kind of boys' school, very Robin Williamsy, except for the opposite, because he's mm-hmm. just crotchety and mean and pinched, and he doesn't have a family to go to on on Christmas, so he has to babysit all of the boys that don't have any other family you know they're like the sad harry potter kids that parents didn't mm-hmm. sign their permission slip to go to the fucking village or whatever AKA uh, the holdovers yeah yeah the holdovers and he kind of hates them loathes them but like it feels like that as he gets to know them kind of heals the bitter broken part of himself too i, I yep i don't know that seems like uh that, that might be uh like i said a fun kind of bittersweet christmas tale yeah I think that's all the trailers I think so alright we're about to get into the spoiler section again I, you know I can't tell you how to spend your money I feel like this might be one worth the, the five dollars uh, if you like to support us and get access to this and, and a ton of other bonus features and ad free feeds don't forget that support.baldmove.com 